welcome back to the Out of Office podcast. I have got a mammoth episode for you today, as you've probably already seen by the timestamp. But I'm not even going to apologise because Joe Hooper, my guest today, is just an absolute angel. She's a friend of mine and also I'm a client of hers and she's just got so many great insights into the world of mental health when you have a side hustle or run your own business so um, I'm going to introduce you to her and then we're going to talk about lots of things my mental health we're going to talk about burnout about corporate hangovers we're going to talk about taking time off setting boundaries and we are definitely going to get together and perhaps do a little Q&A episode uh, because I know that mental health chat is very much appreciated on here. I can see by the figures that you guys love the mental health episodes. So um, expect more where this came from. Um, and I hope that you enjoy it. Joe Hooper. Uh, I, I call you Joe Hoops. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine by me. Like in my, in my um, positive planner diary at the end of the month there's like a monthly reflection thing and you have to write who like who are you grateful for this month and like sometimes I'll write you and I'll write Joe Hoops oh for reason <laughs> you little cutie I was just like that's her name Joe Hoops yeah um but yeah thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for I, me. I'm like not I'm not a big fan of having guests on the podcast just because it's just so much effort <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm trialing out I'm recording on Zoom I don't know if this will even work but it's good to well first of all just to let people know that like I don't have a clue what I'm doing most of the time Um, and if you too don't have a clue what you're doing that's fine Um, which is why I'm trying out with you because I know you won't be offended if I'm like oh the recording was useless (laughs) oh well (laughs) what do you normally record on? Well, because I just normally record by myself, I just record straight into GarageBand, which is like oh, the free I recording yeah. software on, on Apple. So it's to record, obviously, both of our conversations. Yeah. And there are like, um, there are websites that you can use that you like, I'll send a link and we both record on the link and we have to pay for that. And I'm like, I can throw something together, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how this works out um but yeah I also wanted to just have you on because it's just nice just to chat really which is always nice and we've been we've been keeping up quite regularly with um zoom chats over yes. the last year or so which has been like such a godsend so thank you for being virtually there for me <laughs> always <laughs> um like I guess like how are you doing we're recording this on in inverted commas <clears throat> freedom day in England <laughs> how are you feeling about the apocalypse the apocalypse <laughs> well I live in Scotland so I'm feeling pretty good because we have all the sensibleness still happening here so like social distancing and wearing your masks indoors and on transport and I think if I didn't live in Scotland and I lived in England I'd be feeling pretty nervous anxious upset unhappy today because yeah 
I don't want to sit next to people without their masks on on the bus or, mm. you know, have someone coughing on me in a shop or, I mean, I wouldn't want someone coughing on me in the shop pre-pandemic, um, but especially not now, you don't know what's going to come out. Um, so yeah, I think I feel very lucky, like having moved to Scotland this year in January, that, yeah, that it feels like there's a bit more of a sensible approach here. Um, generally, I'm feeling okay. I've just taken some time off. I had some time off in the sunshine, which was lovely. And I'm feeling like I'm slowly getting back into work. I don't like book much in on a Monday. Like I don't have any client stuff on a Monday. So I know that I'll always have like a slow start to the week. Um, and that always helps when I come back from some time off. So yeah. I'm all right. And I'm kind of just as ever over the last 18 months, ignoring the news because mm. it just makes me cross. I think you're like so good at taking time off that you're, I think you're like the queen of taking time off. Um, <laughs> it probably looks that way from the outside, but on the inside, I know you probably like you do feel guilty about it sometimes and struggle with taking time off. But I always think like you're quite, proactive it just being like I'm done for the day I'm going to finish <laughs> which I find inspiring yeah it's interesting to you say that actually because the like I had a thought go through my head recently that maybe I just look really lazy because I'm always like oh I'm just like, reading my book or <laughs> sitting here at nine o'clock still in my pajamas um but yeah I think like it's it's a bit of a reaction to having not been like that for so long so like before starting my own business i worked in corporate and worked over 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 overworked and basically worked myself into a breakdown twice um and i think it's like a kind of visceral reaction to that and not feeling like i ever want to be there again um although that doesn't mean that like i haven't had haven't been like part way down the well again over the last few months or the last few years since I've worked for myself, but also in the last few months. Um, yeah, I did. I, I had a week booked off recently, but due to like life stuff, the ceiling in my bedroom fell down. Um, it didn't really feel like a week off. And also it was after a big launch and I was just like really done in and was also in a bit of a low place mental health wise. And I ended up having to take another week and a bit off. And I did feel very, very, very guilty about that because I had to rearrange a lot of things with paying clients and change plans. And that felt really hard. And like, it's kind of, it felt like sort of being confronted with the uncomfortable truth of practicing what you preach in in the moment when you most need it um so yeah i think for me like time off and especially like time off time when you don't work in the working day um as well as like you know weeks off or long weekends or whatever um is like necessary but yeah mm. it does it does bring up a lot of feels yeah and it's funny what you said right at the start there about um oh people will think I'm lazy and it's like yeah they will like I know that people think that I have a cushy number <laughs> working at home and it is good working at home and being self-employed but yeah I, I know 
I'm pretty sure there are people that think I'm lazy because I don't work nine to five. I don't always work five days a week. But I think that all comes down to the fact that we managed to get out of a corporate environment or just like capitalist kind of expectations that you have to work like 48 hours a week between these set hours and you kind of can't really blame people for feeling like that because it's rooted in them not being happy with the fact that they they have to work these rigid hours um, because they work in traditional employment and that's maybe they're happy there that's what they've chosen to do um, and I know we've both read that book Burnout uh, and I think for there's something in that called human givers syndrome um, so I think for women it, it can be a bit more intense and they in that book they talk about how women are like expected to kind of hold the emotional weight of everything that happens in society and like if we see like we've we've subscribed to the rule that we have to be mothering we have to be caring we have to be gentle we have to put our needs aside for the the men and for the children and if we see other people not sticking to the rules then we get annoyed because we're like hey hey you don't get to break the rules we've not Mm -hmm. broken the rules like this is the system why are you why are you sticking your head above um and and saying what you want you don't get to say what you want (laughs) so like I think a lot of it comes back to that and is as sadly like in the kind of entrepreneurial space there are a lot of women who are quite hardened to that hustle culture and when they see people working slow and saying no I'm not going to work weekends or whatever um, it kind of shines a light on the way that they do work. Yeah like I think the whole sort of internalized patriarchal structure of work and society and what that how that manifests in our behavior around work is so yeah it's so ingrained in us and like so i feel really strongly that the idea that the idea of working nine to five five days a week is absurd because that was that was sort of um established in the industrial revolution so like hundreds of years ago when we all had to work together because we worked on like factory production lines and we had to start at nine because that's when it was light enough for us to work and like why 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 should we still subscribe to that in 2021 um in a corporate world never mind in a self-employed version of of work um and i think we can know that hustle culture is bad and that we don't want to subscribe to it and we can know that um you know we oppose patriarchal structures ways of working ways of living ways of thinking and yet we can still see those behaviors or behaviors that are those kind of along that that um are sort of hustly push patriarchal behaviors in ourselves so like um you can know that you don't want to subscribe to hustle culture as a solo business person and yet you might still find yourself working at nine o'clock at night when you don't want to or sitting on your emails all weekend or um saying yes to everything that comes to you because you're worried that it won't ever come again and those behaviors are like manifestations of hustle culture capitalism patriarchy in the workplace um and 
yeah it's it's just shit isn't it like why would we choose to do those things when we don't need or want to Mm. um yeah and they're so deeply rooted that a lot of the time we don't notice that we're doing it yeah Um, like I think I'm definitely guilty of it because the job that I was in before into like and working nine to five and catering hospitality it didn't feel it didn't feel like in alignment with me as a person because it wasn't creative it was like managing a team which I didn't like there were just so many aspects of it that I didn't that didn't suit me it wasn't something that I was like really proud to say I work in catering um, management it just didn't wasn't the right fit for me so now like having made that change into a creative role it has become so much my work is such a part of me as a person Mm. and I think we are like taught that from a young age like what do you want to be when you grow up because that's a big deal like that's going to be what you tell people at parties <laughs> that's going to be your <laughs> life you'll, you'll have nothing to do other than work um so it's, it's quite difficult like coming to terms with the this new situation where like oh I got what I wanted of this creative job but now that can't be my whole life because <laughs> yeah. that's not healthy either yeah and I think often like so when I work with people who kind of tend towards overwork um often what's underneath it is like the is that lots of us myself included like use our work to prop up our sense of self-worth or value or confidence and when we get a sense of validation from work we want to keep working to give ourselves more of that feeling um and like I can imagine if you've gone from a career that you didn't love and didn't do you any good into something that you do love that it's really easy to fall into those patterns of behavior but then they can become really self-destructive and really unhealthy for us like mentally physically life everything yeah it's like just transferring like from one well it's the same coping mechanism it's just yeah (laughs) it just looks different from the outside and I guess I always thought like oh like once I get out of this like the corporate environment and once I have the flexibility of self-employment like that will solve all my problems and it has solved a lot of problems but also like obviously there's no one thing that's going to completely solve Mm. all your mental health problems and I was talking to my therapist the other day about how um like I've had a like a really bad mental health relapse recently and I was like nobody seems to I was like either nobody understands or I can't communicate properly how bad I feel because I feel like I'm I'm like in crisis and everybody around me is just like walking around like everything's fine um I was like I feel as bad as I did like when I had my first mental breakdown I was like this is bad and I don't know how to communicate it um Mm. and what the kind of point that I was making was that when I was in traditional employment when I was this bad I couldn't function it was really obvious when I went to work like I would cry I would be angry I would phone in sick I wouldn't be able to keep up with housework all that kind of stuff whereas now that I'm self-employed I'm like have this flexibility where so I can still work a little bit and Mm. I can still get stuff done 
and there's no employer there to be like oh you don't you're not really performing as well as normal like so so I don't know there's just it's so much easier to keep plodding on and like Mm. mask it's like I I said to her I was like it's like I've made a rod for my own back because there's now I've made this career that's so flexible that it just from the from the outside as we know from social media like all everything always looks fine and kind of like you kind of have to well you don't have to that's not necessarily true but you feel like you have to as a self-employed person make things look good from the outside so that people will continue to buy what you sell yeah I know what you mean like the there's no one to sit you down and be like should you really be here as in like, do you do you need to take some time off? You kind of have to do that for yourself. And like you say, it's easy to kind of plod on getting some things done, but it's not about the getting things done. The plodding on can either be helpful to your mental health or can be damaging to your mental health. And it's kind of all on you to determine which of those it is and to to give yourself time off or to get support when you need it and yeah that's really hard and it's all for me whenever whatever when whether I've been self-employed or in uh employed by the man slash woman um I have always found it like I always feel like I go I I never catch myself before I get bad basically um and so that hasn't changed um but like you say, you do kind of, you have the flexibility to take time off if and when you need to or when you need to. But also then you kind of have the flexibility to do a little bit, which is almost potentially in some in some cases using that flex, flexibility in a way that's kind of damaging for you. Like maybe it would be better to at that point be like, I need to down tools properly for a few weeks. Like, um, and that all that pressure and that kind of onus on you I think can make things even harder sometimes when you are in a place of crisis or in a really bad place with your mental health when you work for yourself because mm. I think I think my way to communicate I'm in crisis like back when I was working would be I'd go to the doctor and I'd get a sick line mm-hmm. and it'd literally be a piece of paper that I could hold up to my friends yeah. and family and be look see a professional says I am very unwell mm. whereas like <laughs> how do you do that when you're self-employed yeah. other than by saying uh, I'm having a really bad time mentally and <laughs> someone who being someone who has suffered with mental illness for like almost 10 years I don't feel like uh, like I feel people hear that from me all the time <laughs> so what's the difference between last Tuesday I said my mental health's not great and today I'm saying my mental health's not great mm. like how do you differentiate between that like I think I rely on that external person yeah. coming in and saying like we um we can confirm that she's definitely not well <laughs> um yeah but yeah. that's definitely my my issue I think I I wouldn't like put that all on yourself I think that's something that like I can certainly relate to and I imagine lots of other people who struggle with their mental health and work for themselves will relate to like like you say you go to the doctor you get a piece of paper that literally says this person is unfit to work and I don't actually know if you can do that when you're self-employed can you 
Does it say something about that and getting statutory sick pay from the government? I don't know. Hmm, um, maybe, yeah, maybe you can to get SSP, but I'm honestly yeah. not sure. But also, like, maybe maybe there's something there about kind of how you can do that for yourself because when you go to the doctor and you get your not fit to work note i mean those those doctors appointments are awful when you have to sit there and be like i feel really shit these are the ways in which i feel really shit and these are the ways in which i can't live my life at the moment and he's like oh yeah things are bad aren't they here's a note and you know whatever else they might be able to give you that you don't already have um and maybe it's just like having that conversation with yourself like and and kind of um going on your past experience of your mental health like thinking okay where is that like where's the danger zone where like i really probably would benefit from not working um and i know sometimes people are like actually it really helps me to work and i would really encourage anyone who's you know, listening and in that place and saying that to themselves to really question that because often the reason it helps you to work is because it kind of allows you to avoid what's actually going on with your mental health. And the more you, the longer you avoid it, the harder it is to tackle it when you get there. She says from experience. <laughs> I know. I know we're, great. <laughs> we're great at giving out advice. I know, um, aren't we? <laughs> I know. Not taking it ourselves. That's why it is so important though to have like f- like have friends like you and have friends who are in the same position of self-employment or even like people who are listening who are side hustling, having other people who are maybe mm. working full time and trying to build a business on the side. Like you're because your friends and family might say, Oh, well, just stop. Stop working mm-hmm. on your business. Whereas that that message to you might be really upsetting that oh well they don't believe in what I'm trying to do like like I'm gonna have to plod on and and power through to prove to them that this is worth doing um so I think it's really important to have people in the same position who can say okay can you like can you just take the day off or can you take the weekend off or can you just press pause on this part of the project that you're obsessed with that if you take a step back, back maybe isn't really that important. Um, <laughs> is that thing that like your you like your friends and family who aren't self-employed or trying to build a business through no fault of their own just like don't understand? Mm. Um, and having people in the same position, I think, is so helpful just to have that outsider opinion. Yeah, and to kind of help you get perspective back, like even if it's just a tiny little like drop of perspective in a pool of (laughs) irrational thoughts like I think a lot of the time when you're really you know struggling with depression or your brain is like crazy anxious you we I find it hard to think clearly to prioritize to make decisions and so you follow the path of least resistance which is often keep on doing what you're doing even though keeping on doing what you're doing up to this point has made you ill um and like you say sometimes you just need or sometimes the first thing you need is like a little support with perspective which is also what you would get in employed life you know like you might have an occupational therapist or someone in hr who's your point person or your manager or a buddy or a mental health first aider who you can go to and who knows you and your like your history and will help you to kind of prioritize or make that decision or maybe say to you like 
maybe you should take some time off or maybe you shouldn't be here right now um but yeah it's hard to have that conversation with yourself yeah or even just like like I used to be really bad for getting stressed like I, I used to think if someone above me has told me to do something or asked me to do something that's like that's the end of the conversation like I never pushed back like never said this is too much like whereas it can be really good to have a colleague who will say to you I know they told you to do that but I also know that they will not notice if you don't do it like whereas <laughs> like I'm that person but I'm also the boss now yeah yeah, yeah. who's like telling me like like self-imposed deadlines are like I, they, I hold them I hold myself to account all the time about deadlines that I have set and they don't they don't mean anything like I can change them whenever I want I just yeah. never do it's interesting like you when you were talking earlier about you know having the flexibility now that you work for yourself to take time off or, or change the way that you work like I think lots of us go self-employed for flexibility and freedom and yet then we basically turn into a really bad boss and stop ourselves having flexibility and freedom because we in inverted commas have to be at our desk at nine and really should be there till five and must go back to that email and should be posting three times a week and really want to hit that goal that is a self-imposed one um like i th i think it's so common in self-employed people that we yeah we go self-employed for freedom and flexibility and then we deny that deny ourselves that when we become self-employed or we only allow it ourselves it to a tiny degree and like that wasn't really the reason we weren't self-employed in the first place yeah which is why like having like I've had a few one-to-one -one calls with you over like the last year and that's been so good for like I feel like I like and I'm not saying this is right but it's definitely my cycle kind of works is that I'll like have a holiday and I'll feel really good and then I'll work and I'll work and I'll work and I'll work and I won't take time off until I've completely hit the point of mm -hmm. I can't think straight can't can't think straight I'm anxious I'm ill I'm not sleeping um and then have a holiday and then things seem to reset but having you like in between those horrible cycles it's kind of like a little mini reset like I find it's like quite good to have somebody to like you you'll ask those good questions of like well what like what should your day look like what would you actually want your day to look like do you want to have like like even like when I was building my first course like when the pandemic first mm. hit, I was like well all the videos have to be pre-recorded and you're like why <laughs> and I was like um I just think they do it <laughs> <laughs> um which which is funny because like most people would or other people would probably be like oh live is the scary thing like I don't want to go live I'd rather pre-record it whereas to me pre-recording feels like such a big bulk of work and there's the expectation that there wouldn't be any um like ums or mistakes or and lots of editing and to me that's more work mm. so I was like I'm just gonna do it live like that I know I'll get a better result if I just do it live um, and I probably wouldn't have done it that way if we hadn't had that conversation and you hadn't challenged me on just the story that I had decided was fact. <laughs> yeah, I think there are so many like internalised shoulds about like every single aspect of life, but especially when it comes to like running our own business, like, yeah, the 
the course should be pre-recorded and really slick and with like all these fancy transitions and music and blah 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 and I think you actually might have hit the nail on the head there for something for me like I've been wanting to and meaning to pre-record uh like workshop slash training slash something on my kind of way of doing business called the Hartwood way which is like based on kind of how a tree works and your needs are the reaps. Anyway, um, like in my head, I'm like, it should be pre-recorded and I've been putting it off. I think because in my head it should be pre-recorded and I actually much prefer live doing things live. It feels like more, I don't know, interactive and interesting. So maybe I'm just going to do it live and maybe I'll see if people want to come along. Um, so thanks for that. Yeah, I, it, it, it sounds really counterintuitive, but yeah, I, I think, and this is probably something that needs brought up in therapy, is like, I think I thrive in a bit of an anxious state, like, and I mm. think it, it, it helps me perform better, it helps me, like, come up with better jokes, <laughs> it's, like, it's a comedy set. So like, much more lulls. <laughs> I just, I just feel more, like, for use of like to use like a buzzword I feel more authentically me like mm. even when I'm on podcast like that's why I've kind of stopped editing the podcast and stuff because and I've stopped writing scripts because it doesn't feel like me um it feels better when I just go unscripted and just ramble uh, and I feel like yeah I come across that way better when I'm live whereas the pre-recorded stuff yeah just just doesn't feel right to me but I know it's right for other people yeah um and I think that's the thing, like knowing yourself and knowing what's right for yourself, both in terms of what feels good and natural, but also what's healthy for yourself. So like you say, acknowledging that sometimes you thrive in an anxious state and that that maybe has its positives and negatives. Um, but just to go back to something that you mentioned about like, you know, the cycle of working, 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 feeling really done in, having a holiday work and resetting sorry my boiler's just gone off is that really loud it's fine this is, this is okay. real life Soz. luckily cool. I just just mentioned that thing about not it so <laughs> leave my boiler in it's fine um, but yeah I think that that's re well I know that that's really common that whole um, basically waiting until rest is absolutely necessary before resting um, I think like most of the people that I've worked with in any capacity also don't allow themselves to rest until it's absolutely necessary. Um, and I think that there's often lots of things underneath there, but I think those of us who've experienced maybe like burnout or breakdown and um, had enforced rest. So like we've both been signed off work for long periods of time to do with our mental health. And I think those of us who've had that experience with rest where it's been enforced and you are unable to physically, mentally function often have this subconscious fear relationship with rest that rest equals that scary, horrible time when I couldn't do anything. And actually what was damaging was what led up to the rest, not the rest itself. The rest is recovery. Um, so often we kind of put off rest until we it's really necessary and at that point as um love audrey hi frankie said in my dms when i was talking about this the other day um at that point rest is not rest it's recovery um rest should be and can be enjoyable fun restorative um and not absolutely necessary because you're about to keel over 
Yeah, and that's definitely the stage I'm at at the moment because I've, mm. I've had this conversation with you, I've had it with my therapist where I'm like, I don't want to take time off because I don't know what I would do in that time. Like, I don't, I literally have lost all concept of what you do when you're not working, which is a red flag and a sign that you should have some time off, but I'm still so like fearful of it. And I think, yeah. I think you're right because when I um, first got, had, well, got diagnosed with, depression I was off for two weeks before I had like my full-on mental breakdown I was like I thought I was at breaking point got mm. signed off and had two weeks off and then just went whoa like mm. to- like got even more so I think there is that even like in my body there's that memory even though I've never yeah. really thought about it like that there's that memory of like oh like mm-hmm. when you stop you give yourself a chance to think and then think even more so yeah it just feels easier to push on doesn't it it's kind of like what you just described sounds to me like you're basically like holding back the dam with your bare hands like at the moment you are bracing yourself against the wall of the dam like this will not break this will not break (laughs) um and maybe like that is going to be that is going to be using so much energy so much mental capacity and like not not to get into therapy because i'm not a therapist and as you said this is something that you were discussing with your therapist and that is absolutely right and safe and that's the base it should be done but you can't hold back the dam forever and Mm. like maybe rest is inevitable but you don't have to wait until the dam's broken Mm. um and something um that like you could i i would suggest you can maybe think about is like almost using like if you are going to take some time off using it to explore and play and explore what what you do when you're not working and what you like to do when you're not working and what gives you a sense of fulfillment or achievement or happiness or fun or freedom or calm or whatever it is that you want to feel um and then you know when you are feeling in a better place those are some of the things that you could build into your routine on like a you know Mm. daily weekly regular basis yeah that's such good advice and I think it's compounded at the moment well maybe maybe not so much now I can't use it as an excuse now because it's freedom day but um certainly for the last year or so it's felt like uh, oh well there's nothing to do anyway mm. so why take the time off because you can't can't go and see family can't go to the cinema can't do all these things mm. um so the kind of scope of what you can do feels so much smaller yeah. at the moment um it definitely having to think kind of well for me because oh, my social anxiety is just so bad it's like there's lots of things like like my husband said to me the other day he's like oh we should go to a spa and I was like nope there's, <laughs> no, way I, there's no way I could go to a spa right now because the like Sometimes massages trigger panic attacks. For me. Um, yeah. and I was like, it would be in a new spa that we've never been to before, and I'd have to know what it was like on the inside. Yeah, we wear a mask, we were not. Like, I just wouldn't be able to handle all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor Joe, like trying to do something nice, and I'm like, no, I refuse <laughs> your nice thing. Stop suggesting things. Stop trying to fix me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm unfixable. <laughs> it's 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 gotten because like. On paper, a spa sounds brilliant, but my my brain just can't handle it. And mm. I think, like, not to dwell on the whole Freedom Day in inverted commas thing, but I do think it's important to say, like, and, you know, 
we all exist in an echo chamber online, so we all will have seen these messages anyway, but Freedom Day is not Freedom Day for people with social anxiety, for people with contamination OCD, for people with, you know, compromised immune systems. It's not Freedom Day. In fact, it's the very reverse of that because the 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 situation in England now makes is likely to make those people feel worse than they did mm. yesterday or six and weeks go, ago or six months ago. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um and also I think something that has come up a lot with like pals that I've been working with is the whole, well, if I'm not working, what am I doing? Because there's nothing else to do. And it's been a way to um condone to themselves overworking. <laughs> um <laughs> he's laughing like ooh, <laughs> you caught me <laughs> yeah. um but you know we all know that that can't last forever and that that isn't sustainable behavior for most of us um yeah yeah and i think that's that's one of the things that i've like got from working with you was how important writing is to me and write how mm. important writing is to my business and like when we went into the pandemic i was doing lots of different things with clients I was doing lots of social media work I was doing lots of kind of like virtual assistant stuff and there was writing there but it wasn't really kind of creatively mm. fulfilling or or with clients that I wanted to work with it wasn't really having an impact that I really even thought about um and so through working with you and like starting doing courses and workshops and stuff like writing is now a bigger part of my work and it also pays well so that I can write for myself so I spend a lot of time now writing um like I'm working on my novel I'm writing fiction I'm reading a lot I'm like learning a lot about story structure and all that kind of thing um so I guess like I went into the pandemic not having that and now that I've built that up like going back into the world feels like oh no is that all going to be taken away because Mm. my time is less my own now like it feels like it's less my own because don't have evenings and weekends aren't like necessarily mine anymore because they start to be belong to mm. other people when we when we start socializing and stuff like that so that's like I said to I think I said to Michelle um unfinished bookshelf I was like I feel like I went into the pandemic one person mm. and I've come out another person and now I'm trying to figure out like how does this new person fit into the world yeah yeah and I think like not that I'm here to like give you advice on every single word you say but my but I'm gonna um my my, like one thought would be like the only question you need to ask yourself is like what do I actually want to do do I want these people to come over this weekend no no I don't um so no they won't or like do I actually want to have two evenings a week where I've got things on no I don't so I'm not going to do that mm. and I know that that is then hard to kind of like communicate that back to people who are like desperate to start socializing again but again like it's not sustainable to live your life in a way that doesn't make you happy or mm. slowly slowly erodes your health and your mental health and your men- your sense of like psychological safety and so like this is an opportunity not to be like hashtag toxic positivity but it is an opportunity to like kind of keep hold of those boundaries and ways of like living and working that have worked for you and that do feel good um Mm. but yeah I know that it's hard to then say that to people who don't feel the same as you it's like 
like when I got married everyone was like it's your day do what you want you do it's your wedding at the end of the day if it was my day I'd be eloping (laughs) and then like and then as soon as you start making decisions people go oh really you can have it there that's the cake isn't it you're gonna wear those shoes are you like all of a sudden people have opinions and it's like I remember it was so funny like I like I had a bit of a relapse when I was wedding planning this was like years ago um but yeah I was just getting really stressed with all the logistics of it and I I went to the doctor um saying like my anxiety is really bad blah blah and he he was like is there anything going on (laughs) unusual and I was like well I'm planning a wedding and he was and it was funny because he's like a middle-aged guy and he was like oh for goodness sake no wonder you're stressed (laughs) and and I was like I said that to him I was like oh yeah everybody says like it's it's my day I should do what I want and he went don't be so stupid he said it is not your day and I was like thank you so much for saying that because (laughs) and he wasn't saying it in a horrible way he was just like it's not your day it's everyone it's everyone but yours and I was like thank you like I just wasn't expecting like like middle-aged like male GP to like totally feel my pain (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's it's I think I feel it's kind of similar now like Mm. everyone says just do like take things at your own pace but then when it involves them then they're like but just come out like do you know what I mean it's like it's really hard to hold up those boundaries mm. which is like I, I, I don't think I'm very good at boundaries and that is your speciality really isn't it <laughs> I don't know how it has become my speciality but I do talk about boundaries a lot um I think boundaries for me I think boundaries are much harder to set with friends and family um because i think it's absolutely natural and right that you have boundaries in your business like these are the hours that i work this is when i do this this is when i do that this is how much this costs this is how we'll work together this is how we won't work together it's a lot harder to do that with friends and family um they don't accept contracts no no they really don't it's hard <laughs> to get the signature on things um i was thinking about so i'm a member of um a like community space run by a therapist called Kelsey Mech. It's called Wellspring. It's about like living seasonally and being in touch with kind of the wild. Um, And she sets boundaries really well in that group and kind of says, you know, um, on this call, it's about listening, witnessing, accepting. We don't want to offer opinions or solutions unless the person expressly asks for that um and i i really wish that we could do that with like friends and family and be like i'm here to talk i don't want your opinion i don't want your solutions literally just want you to hear me and off we go um (laughs) i think with some friends and family you can do that you can literally say like i don't want any solutions i just want you to hear me like if you want to meet yourself go ahead um and but it is i find it hardest with family um to set boundaries explicitly and sometimes i have to set them kind of implicitly like um you know muting conversations or or kind of just letting things go over my head or trying to get them out through journaling or like yeah saying to myself like i'm not going to answer my phone right now i'm going to wait and call when it is a time that's better for me and kind of implicitly setting boundaries in that way i guess actually what i'm doing there is setting boundaries with myself about how i will kind of you know have a relationship with people in my life um god that sounds mental (laughs) doesn't it (laughs) but there we are um and i think setting boundaries with ourselves is like one of the hardest 
things to do when it comes to boundaries. Yeah, it is because there's nobody there to call you out on it, and there's no one. And often, yeah, like the boundaries that you set are the ones that you set, you know, a month ago when you were in your right mind and you're being sensible. <laughs> But now when you're the person that's testing the boundaries you're like stressed and yeah you're panicked and you're worried and you're like well I'm going to push this boundary because you know I need to make the money or I need to keep this client yeah. happy or whatever so I think yeah it's like um I've lost my train of thought oh well I'm sure it'll come back can't be that interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it is really hard to set boundaries yourself that's it there it is it's come right back um it's hard to set boundaries with yourself I think for many reasons but one of which is you're trying to teach yourself to go against such deeply ingrained patterns of behavior and thinking and that's really fucking hard and it takes repetition and it takes time and it takes being really aware of those things to start to shift those patterns of thinking and patterns of behavior um because yeah setting a boundary that's new for you means that you have constantly been going over that boundary with yourself previously and therefore you're trying to like turn a juggernaut in terms of shifting your patterns of behavior and thinking so like don't beat yourself up if you're listening to this and you're like yeah i just shit all over my boundaries all the time because yeah it's hard and it takes time and it takes practice and you know like when i first um started cbt when i got signed off work I started to, I couldn't concentrate on reading um, because hashtag anxiety. Um, so I started listening to like audiobooks and going for walks. Um, that was when I was in the same place as you are now about like, what what do I do other than work? Like what brings any sense of any feeling? Um, and I listened to a book and um, about neuroscience and psychology. And the thing that has stuck with me the most from that book is the scientific concept of neuroplasticity which is basically um creating new new neural pathways in your brain and that if you if you know there's a thought pattern that is basically like a well-trodden path through long grass that's like what i see it as and that you have a thought pattern in your brain that's unhealthy um your brain will always choose that naturally because it's the well-trodden path and it knows it and it doesn't need to think about it it subconsciously chooses it um so like for me one of the ones that I have spent years working on is that I'm a failure. So if anything, like, you know, if we go to a restaurant and the person I'm with is like, oh, the food wasn't very nice. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a failure. I booked the shit restaurant or literally anything. Um, that's the well-trodden path through the long grass that my brain goes down. But the concept of neuroplasticity is you can create new neural pathways by noticing that thought when it comes up, challenging it and choosing a different thought. And like, it sounds mental having a conversation in your head with yourself, but like hearing that you're a failure, you bit a shitty restaurant being like, mm, hang on a minute. I didn't cook the freaking food. Um, and the other person could have chose a restaurant. I just, you know, it was just a unfortunate incident, coincidence, whatever. Um, and essentially choosing the rational thought and the more it takes time and you, it takes, you know, you, you, each time you choose that rational thought, you're making one kind of, um, walk through that long grass and starting to create a new natural pathway for your thought 
processes to go down but over time it does work um and i think it's the same with boundaries with yourself like it's going to take a really long time to not really long time but it's going to take some effort and some noticing to create that new kind of pattern of thinking and pattern of behavior but if you keep doing it and keep being aware of it and keep trying it does work in the end and i think that's why having going back to what we were saying before like having friends to talk to can be mm. really helpful because you might not even notice that you have that thought until you say it out loud to someone and then the per the, the person will be the one to say oh but you didn't cook the food like it's really yeah, hard to say yeah. that stuff to yourself sometimes so definitely like I think kind of like having that person that you trust to say like oh this is how I feel um like I was saying to Joe the other day I was like you know when you feel so bad about yourself and you're just like why is anybody even friends with me I was like to Joe I was like why are you even with me like just get rid of me like just I was like just drop me off at the pound I'm no good <laughs> and like sometimes see just... still with the lulls even yeah. when you're feeling really shit <laughs> sometimes you need to just like say what you're really thinking instead of letting it ruminate so that someone yeah. can be like hey that's Mm. not true um yeah. and like to cut the thought off Other, otherwise for me anyway it just seems to like it seems to like circle round and round and round yeah. makes, like you say it makes those paths yeah um easier to kind of roll over again and again also just to add to that you're great i love being your friend oh thanks i'm excited <laughs> to meet you in the flesh i know it's crazy that we've never met isn't it i know we would have been friends for like two and a half years by the time we actually meet in the flesh it's mad. Isn't that mental? Anyone who doesn't know, I stay in the Midlands, even though I have a Scottish accent. I'm like questioning where I live because I'm moved. <laughs> I'm like, what county am I in? I don't know. Um, and Joe used to live in London, but now lives in Edinburgh. So yeah. I'm excited that the first time we meet will be on Scottish soil. We can have iron brew, morning rolls, haggis, tacons, mm-hmm. oh. yes, tonics tea cakes. Yeah. Oh, but yeah I think the key takeaway is like freelance friends you don't need a lot of them yeah you just need a couple of really good ones um even if like I say if you're side hustling as well like like I remember when I moved down to Birmingham and I I joined the Birmingham well Brum bloggers group and I remember like trying to seek out the people who were uh trying to make blogging a career because some of them were just doing it for fun and I was like yeah that's cool but like trying to find people who were like taking it seriously mm. um and I'm still friends with um Sinead I remember I remember accosting Sinead <laughs> and being like you and me should be friends <laughs> and we should just like check in with each other and hold each other accountable <laughs> all that stuff um because yeah just having people who like get it is like so mm important to keep keep you going not just to hold you accountable but just to like to have that voice that's like yeah yeah like you can do this you should yeah. do this you're worthy of keeping going um I just think it's like oh you're worthy of stopping you're yeah I would stop yeah just sneaking probably, that in there for fee probably <laughs> the <voice laughs> I can hear the most. um I guess like before we wrap up I haven't really asked you to explain what it is that you do I feel like you've you have explained you've you've shown not told you've shown people what you do um but you can tell them now if you want oh thanks um I'm really terrible at this question I don't know what I do no I 
I think what I do is help people to um, like look after their mental health as part of the way they work. Um, that's a really terrible elevator pitch, isn't it? But yeah, like <laughs> I'm not a therapist or a counselor or a clinician. Um, I don't, I'm not here to diagnose you or to tell you how to look after your mental health. You, I genuinely believe and have seen the evidence that we all know what we need to look after our mental health. It's just that sometimes we can't like hear it amongst the, what we should do and what we feel committed to doing and have to do and must do and can't do. Um, so yeah, help people find that stuff and like build it into the way that they structure and run their business essentially. Yeah, I think you're really good at just holding up a mirror and like giving people the space to say what they want and what they need because so often nobody actually asks us mm. um, or we don't ask ourselves when we run our own business. So just having like, to me, it's like, oh, I didn't ever want a boss, but I still want someone to check in on me. So whenever I book a thing with you, it's like, I know like you've got my best interests at heart and you'll check in with me and you'll ask all the right questions and also you do have really good like practical solutions on how to like like how to we're talking about boundaries how to actually implement them not to be like oh well I won't I won't work after six it's like okay well what can we put in place that actually doesn't happen can you have an out of office can you put it into your contracts can you have it in your introductory meeting with people um can you take the gmail app off your phone all that kind of stuff there's so many practical um solutions that you've got that genuinely when you're working for yourself you just don't you just don't think about it like especially in the early days you're just kind of yeah. like holding stuff together with duct tape <laughs> you yeah don't think about like proper strategies and processes so yeah definitely and I think like often some of this stuff we don't know what it is we need until we've not been able to give ourselves the things that we need for a period of time and then it becomes apparent what we need so like thinking about that before you get to that point um like can be really powerful and yeah like you said it's not kind of mindset thought pattern stuff is really important but it's most powerful when you couple it with practicality and what you're actually going to do about it like practicality is actually one of my values because yeah you can't kind of once you've done that kind of thought pattern based work then we need to translate it into like what does it mean actually in practical terms for your business day to day otherwise that thought pattern is always going to be a problem if we can't translate that into behavior and actions yeah and I think I need both of those things like if somebody told me like oh you should have contracts I'm like yeah of course I, I know that but if I also dig into the mindset of like if I have contracts it's really good because of the purpose yeah. like for me like I need all the background work I need to know why I'm doing something and then I'll be much more motivated to put it into practice so I think yeah, yeah it's like a combination of those two things it's really powerful yeah so where can people find you oh yeah um so I'm mad and sad club on instagram and mad and sad club uk on the tinterweb um yeah come say hi I love yeah. the gram and I think we might do these more regularly because Ooh. I know that like the mental health episodes that I've done have are always the most popular mm. so and I think like you're you're an expert in your field so we can definitely kind of 
tap into like some of the stuff that we've already spoken about so practical mm. things that people can do to set boundaries mm. um maybe we could do how to take time off how to deal with the guilt of taking time off yeah dealing with the corporate um hangover how to yeah build a business that works for you and yeah obviously if anyone's doing a side hustle as well how to fit that in around working and stuff without yeah into burnout there's loads of stuff we can talk about maybe we could like ask people for questions and do a little q a little section or something yeah. on some of them yeah Just i'll do that yeah i'll do that on instagram and then Goodbye. yeah we could do a q a good idea this is why you're on board <laughs> <laughs> cool well thank you so much for coming along i'll see you in edinburgh yes thanks for having <laughs> me yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Out of Office. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Uh, sign up to the podcast, and it means that it will automatically download in your feed every week. You don't even have to think about it. I'll just be there, ready for you to listen. Uh, leave a review if you enjoyed it as well. Reviews are so helpful. It's